0: Christmas is great, until it sucks. Why? People are the worst. Join us as we discover the choice to forgive or leave things fractured. We had an experience about two years ago, my wife and I, uh, somebody that had deeply offended us, hurt us, uh, injured us of sorts, have you ever been there, and uh, and then asked if they could come and talk to us and uh, extend forgiveness to us, uh, or offer up for, ask for forgiveness that is. And, uh, and when they did that, uh, they didn't ask to meet us in a public uh, coffee shop or like out someplace like that, like, yo, can we come to your house, uh, into the, the, the safety net of your home and, uh, and ask for forgiveness there. And I had to talk to my wife, Ava, and be like, I am just so uncomfortable. Like, my kids, my home, like, we got, at that point, we had a little teeny dog. Like, nothing's going to protect us. Like, what are we going to do? And, uh, and so we, we made the choice uh, to invite them around uh, our table and, uh, and allow for them to share and, and say whatever they needed to say, to offer up uh, forgiveness, to extend to them forgiveness. And uh, I'm thankful we did, because had we not done that, what would they, what would this person have walked away with? They would have walked away with just, condemnation like I'm a piece of trash I don't even want to be in my my presence or or self-loathing or self-hatred like if Ava and I don't meet with them if, if we don't if we don't meet around a table in, in the in the privacy of our own home and, and, and extend to them that like the only thing that person can walk away with is heaping all sorts of garbage on themselves what's the Christmas season like for you aren't, aren't there experiences kind of like this where where we're sitting around, around a table like you you guys have been to holiday parties you you you're you're gonna you're gonna spend time with your family you're gonna travel to see your your family but in, in a setting like this, don't we, don't we experience some of that shaming? Some, some of you are like, you, you travel home, you, see, you visit home like once or twice a year, and every, every time you go, you have that great aunt or great grandma or somebody that just wants to, she's like, why don't you come around more? You should come around more. And they're, like, get, they're like attacking you and in your mind. You're like, yeah, because you shaming me is going <laughs> to make me want to come and sit around the table. And so, but where do you feel shame that might be a little deeper and a little bit more serious? Where you sit in the kitchen. And you hear from your ex spouse, I still hate you, you're only here for your for the kids. <laughs> or you're at you're at the table like this with your with your rubber uh steak not lettuce because that's been outlawed because of E. coli. Your chicken and and and, and what? you're sitting around a table like this, but and, and you you beat you beat a habit. But someone is like, yo, don't don't no pills around the table because we know Susie Joe. She used to have that habit, so not here. Oh, thank God! Hey, hey, you beat it though. So why don't you pray for dinner? And you're sitting there like, what, what did I do? I'm just sitting here. Why, why are you making fun of me? I feel shame. Or that person that you know, like. Uh, Like, hey, I didn't tell mom to screw off and and cause a whole bunch of family dynamics. Oh, that was was Joey over there. (laughs) And you're sitting around the dinner table, and you're like, all I feel is shame, and I want to get up and away from this table as quickly as possible. Then there's another group of us that don't sit around a table like this because we don't feel like we deserve to. We don't feel like we've earned the right because of our past, because we feel like, yeah, God's a loving, forgiving God, but Jason, you don't understand my past. I don't deserve to sit around a nice family, a nice dinner, around whatever. I deserve to be alone. Doesn't being around friends and family sometimes bring around some of those most undeserving feelings? (laughs) Is that what Jesus intended for the Christmas season? Is that what he intended for, for this this joyous time of year? Where, he, where last week we are talking about forgiveness. God God blows up your spot with forgiveness through Jesus Christ, only to live condemned? Only to live like, I don't deserve any of this? Oh, like, God, you forgive me, now, now go! Live in self-hatred. Like, what? When he died for you, was it only to change your eternal status, or was it to... Have you live a different life? <laughs> so Paul, Paul addresses this. Paul, we're going to be in Romans 8. You can look on the screen. You can look in the app. You can bring your Bible to church and, and turn to Romans 8. There's a bunch of ways that you can read God's word. But here, I'll read it for you. Now, there is therefore now no condemnation. Wait, 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 wait. wait. There is there now no, no condemnation for those who are what? In Christ Jesus For the law of the spirit of life has set whom you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. That's the first two verses of Romans. I I think what Paul is doing, he's addressing, he's emphasizing two really important things in these first few verses. See, like stay here for a second. Like there is what? Now. 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 Not in the future. Now. No condemnation. That's for you now. In in the Greek, that is is abundantly emphasized. You said yes to Jesus Christ last week. That would praise God for that. Guess what? Last week, your name is written in a book that when you die and stand before God, guess what? Your name is in that book. He says, welcome into paradise. No condemnation started for you. The second in Christ came into play. When you said, in Christ Jesus, the second thing that's emphasized in these two verses, Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus, you can't earn perfection. (laughs) You can't. If if you've already done something bad, you're not perfect. How do all of a sudden you become perfect? You can't, apart from Christ Jesus. (laughs) That Jesus Christ lived a perfect life, hung on a cross, doing what you can't do. The imperfect can't die for the imperfect, because who dies for the imperfect? You need somebody perfect to die for the imperfect. So Jesus does that. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus apart from Jesus Christ. It's not even possible. But, but now check. Now check. Now check this. Now check. So there's, there's, a, there's a, we go to the second person. Why? There is now therefore no condemnation. That's one person. But then he changes. He goes to the second person. For the law of the spirit of death has set whom? Whom? You. The person changes. Why is that important? Because if we're liberated from Jesus Christ, guess what? It's yours to be had. It is yours to be had. There is now the you. It's for Ava. It's for Jason. It's for Jordan. It's for Moira. The you. Christ has set you free. You're liberated from Jesus Christ. Have you owned it, and are you living it? Here's what I want you to walk away with this morning. Go to it. Freedom abolishes condemnation. Free, say to the person next to you, freedom abolishes condemnation. Freedom abolishes condemnation. If you have said yes to Christ Jesus, if you are found to be in Christ, condemnation is no longer in play. Why? Because when Jesus said, it is finished, guess what? He meant it. There is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's no longer in play. So, so Ava and I this year, we got, we got one of those certified letters from the IRS. Have you ever been there? <laughs> and, and so we had to go. I, had to, I went to the post office. I was like, is this legit? <laughs> like before I act upon this, like is this legit or is somebody from like XYZ calling to get my money or sending me a letter? Whatever. So we went. It, <laughs> it was legit. Ava and I each got a certified letter. And, and the thing is they said in the letter that we owed them thousands and thousands of dollars for, for two reasons. But the main reason is they didn't believe what we claimed that we tithed. <laughs> And so they rejected our entire tithe to the church <laughs> and said, you owe us thousands of dollars. And we're like, okay, this is okay. All right, like we submitted paperwork that would prove it because we used PushPay, we use the app. Everything's online, it's tracked. It's like, okay, so this should be the easiest thing in the world. They're not questioning Ava's mileage. They're not questioning receipts. Everything that you would think they would question, they don't question any of that. <laughs> no, our tithe to the church. <laughs> and so we just gave them paperwork. And then they responded back. No, we don't accept that. You owe us money. We, so we, no, we don't. And, and we, we were going back and forth. We got to a point where we got a letter saying, with a date of when to show up in Washington, D. no, Trenton, someplace, show up someplace for trial to stand before the judge and make our the appeals court or whatever that thing is, we had to stand before a judge to make our case. Our CPA was like, I've never heard anything like this. <laughs> And we just kept submitting the paperwork that says, this is it. <laughs> and, and then we got a letter for court, and then like a day or two later, we get a letter saying, we've accepted your paperwork, we're good to go. And that just ended the matter. <laughs> so we're justified because of the paperwork. <laughs> we don't owe thousands of dollars to the government because the, the debt of what they said we owe has been paid and it's done. The debt over your life has been paid by Jesus Christ. That burden that Ava and I were feeling for months of, of like, what if they just don't accept it and we have to go and we have to pay it? That's a burden. That's a heavy burden. We're, and and, 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 when, and when, they, when they came to us and said, okay, now it's paid for, now it's done, guess what we didn't do? We, we, we didn't continue or we didn't even start to, to collect money out of each paycheck to say, just in case, once they said it was done, guess what? The burden is lifted. We're not acting as if the burden is still up over top of us because they can't go after us. That same thing happened with Jesus Christ. You I they can't go to my mom in New Jersey my mom in New Hampshire and say, hey, Jason owes thousands of dollars. We know that everything is good, but you should give us some money so that it's really good to go. The debt that they say is now canceled. They can't go after other people and collect on a debt that they say is now canceled. So what does that apply with, with us in, our, in Christ Jesus? Guess what it means? That if Jesus, in Jesus Christ, if he is perfect, if he hung on a cross, died for you and I, if the penalty of your sin has been paid for, God takes your sin very seriously. The wrath of God wasn't just ignored. It was taken out on Jesus. So if God tries to take wrath out upon you, Jesus has legal grounds to say, whoa, wait a minute. This has been paid for you can't take the wrath you took out on me on somebody else if they are found to be in Christ Jesus there is legal grounds for Jesus Christ to be your advocate and defend you when you are his and isn't that a beautiful thing for those of us in Christ Jesus that there is now therefore no condemnation so why are we treating others with condemnation why are we treating ourselves with condemnation if there is now therefore no condemnation? If, if the wrath of God that was settled in Jesus, are we still trying to take that wrath of God out on, on ourselves? And so here's the point that I want to make. So, so what? So, so what? Like there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus? So what? The, the, the thing that it does is it allows us to freely live. Those that are found to be no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, it allows us to freely live. Here's where Paul goes with this. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh the flesh here is is not like flesh and blood per, it's not that the flesh here is talking about our sinful desires what you and i are accustomed to doing that wouldn't be holy you and i that when we want to be like jesus but we're not where we fall short where we miss the mark the flesh is describing what you and i are, are what we do in our sinful state so weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son. Do you, do you hear that relationship? But so, his own son. Like, like, I would send Brady or I would send Landon to, to die for one of you? Heck no. But God loved me so much that he sent his one and only son. That's powerful. That's relationship. The, the oneness that God and, and the son have, I now have because of power of the spirit. In, in the likeness of sinful flesh, likeness. You know why that's important? Because of what we're celebrating this Christmas season, a virgin birth, (laughs) that Christ wasn't born with sin because he was born of a virgin of the Holy Spirit. He wasn't born with that, with that same sinful thing that you and I inherited, passed down. He was born of the Holy Spirit. So he's not, he's fully God and fully man, but, but he's also, he was born in the likeness, but he was not sin in that moment. Jesus, uh, uh, and, and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that, in order that what? The righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. You can't fulfill it. Christ fulfilled it in you. Who walk according to the flesh, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. You have new life in Jesus Christ that can't start until condemnation is no longer in play. Christ did not die for you to live a old life. Christ did not die for you to stay in condemnation. Christ died for you to give you a new life and that new life must. The only way for that new life to be new life is if condemnation is no longer in play. If our freedom in Christ truly abolishes, truly abolishes condemnation that is new life. It is no longer in play for every single person that calls on the name of the Lord Jesus in this room. That is no longer in play. Why? Because the law the the God's holy standard, guess what the law, what only the law can do? The law can only show you and me that I'm a dirty, rotten sinner. That I'm good. The law is a standard that when I look upon the law, when I look upon perfection, all I can see is that I'm good for nothing. <laughs> it can't save me. Not a single person in this room can look upon the law and say, yep, I've, done th- I've not done that, or I've done that. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And then all of a sudden claim, I'm perfect. <laughs> no one here can do that the law can only produce condemnation in your life so Jesus died to live as one under the law huh. to remove the law to 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 abolish the law to to say I, I, I'm going to meet it perfectly and then I'm going to die for you I'm going to be I, I'm going to carry your likeness and then die for you as a sin offering none of you in here can do that because none of you have lived perfectly, so he knew no sin, so that he could take on sin, so that he could be the penalty, so as the one that, as, as you and I have the wrath of God hanging over our heads, guess who never had the wrath of God hanging over his head because of sin? Jesus, so as one not with the wrath of God hanging over, the he, over his head, Jesus is able to die in your place and ratify the wrath of God, <laughs> what does that mean? you and I, that if we have now the power of the Spirit living up inside of us, now we move forward in what? His holiness. Why? Because He came in our likeness to fulfill the requirements of the law, meaning that now we get to walk in His likeness. He was born in our likeness, died for us, so that we can now live in His likeness. His likeness is perfection. Jesus Christ came. Christ becomes what we are so that we might become what he is. Christ becomes what we are so that we might become what he is. Now that I, now that Jesus has, 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 has handled this, has handled it, as he has lived perfectly, guess what? Now I get to live in his perfection. Guess what? It's not I have to, it's not I have to, it's not I have to. I get to live at the place of perfection because perfection has been given to me in Christ Jesus. I get to freely live. The old life is gone. I have a new life by the power of the Holy Spirit. I get to freely live this life without condemnation hanging over my head. Why don't we live like it? Why don't we believe it? We die with Christ to live in the Spirit. This is is what happened in in John chapter 8. It's one of my favorite portions of Scripture because you have somebody that enters the scene just like you and I, fully condemned. John chapter 8, you have Jesus hanging out in the temple, and, and, and these, all these religious people that were like, hey, they're acting all holy, they're acting all perfect, a whole bunch of dudes acting all sorts of ways, but like kind of hiding their trash behind the scenes. <laughs> they want to trap Jesus. They don't like that Jesus preaches a message of freedom. So they, so they bring this woman that in John it says that she was caught in the act of adultery. In the act. <laughs> oh, that's, little, that's, not, that's PG-13, like caught in the act. She's probably all sorts of naked, and she's brought to the temple in front of a bunch of dudes. If you're a woman, put yourself in her non-existent sandals at that point. You're standing before a bunch of dudes, and they ask Jesus. The law of Moses says she is to stand condemned. The law of Moses commands us, because she was caught in the act, to all of us righteous people to pick up a rock and begin to beat her head and kill her. So if Jesus says, "Well, well, yeah, pick up your stones and kill her," then he's not. Where's the freedom? Where's the forgiveness? Where's where's? Huh? But if but he but if but if, he, if he says like no, like let her, let her go, then does he not care about perfection? Does he not care about holiness? They did it to trap him, using this woman as a pawn. And she's sitting there wondering, what is Jesus going to say? As she's probably bent over, hiding herself of a bunch of dudes waiting for that rock to hit her head, hoping that it would be the first one to just knock her out. <laughs> and Jesus looks up at them and says, those without sin, you throw the first stone. And One by one, the rocks don't hit her. They drop to the ground. Because each one of those righteous men knew that they had garbage, garbage, garbage. and they were not in a position to condemn her. So they drop their rocks. And then a short little conversation happens between Jesus and this woman. Not condemned for what? She's like, Where where are the dudes? Where are all these these cool little dudes that brought you here? (laughs) Aren't they here to condemn you? Aren't you condemned? No, they're not here to condemn me. And what does Jesus say to her? He says, Neither do I condemn you. Does he end it there? Go. And leave your life of sin. Leave it. Here's what we as uh, as non-condemned people do: we leave our life of sin. We don't go back to the bar- very thing that needed forgiveness. <laughs> Where's the sorrow in that? <laughs> she can't. She can't stand there and be like, "Well, I'm a loosey goosey, <laughs> so I'm going to go back to being loosey goosey." Really sorry, but I'm going to go back to doing my sleeping around thing. <laughs> She can't say that. There's no sorrow in that. Forgiven people realize what, what it took for forgiveness. They realize the seriousness of sin because anything my Jesus died for is no laughing matter. Anything my Jesus died for should bring us sorrow. We turn to Jesus saying, God, I am sorry that you sent your son to die. Perfect God for me. I'm sorry, we don't go back to that. But guess what else we don't do? We go and sin no more. We don't live in those labels. We don't live in those labels. So last week, you said yes to relationship with Jesus Christ. Guess what? You walked in as a gossip. You walked in saying, I'm just a gossip. I talk bad about people all the time. Jesus, I'm really, really sorry. Well, go and sin no more. Here's what you do to move forward. You start speaking highly of people. You start encouraging people. That's what it means to go and sin more and live freely. You you walked in as as Robert, the drug addict. <laughs> but you accepted forgiveness, and guess what? You don't go back to drugs. You let Christ be your addiction. And you leave wheels. Now go and sin no more. But what if what if she left what if she left with those labels? What if, what if she's in the courtyard with all the rocks laying around her and all of a sudden she's just like, well, I am a loosey-goosey, so I'm just going to go and do the loosey-goosey thing? Or, or, or what if she did the opposite? What if she's like, I am a loosey-goosey, so, so I'm just going to go and lock myself in a room so I'm never, I'm, I'm going to punish myself so I'm never mildred the loosey-goosey? Huh. Is that what Christ intended her for? do? Is that freedom? Is that what a non-condemned life is? Would he want us to walk in freedom? Would he want us to live freely? Freedom is not going around sleeping with everybody. (laughs) Freedom is, is God, I want to honor you. Yes, there are consequences for sin here on earth. There absolutely are. But there's a difference between condemning ourselves and walking in wisdom. So you know what you know what she should do? In, in, instead of having this attitude that I don't deserve a man, I don't deserve God's goodness through through marriage, what she should do is when God brings her a man, she should say, you know what? The flesh in me wants to sleep with the man. So the flesh in me, I'm going to I'm going to pursue wisdom, not condemnation. And I'm going to walk with wisdom and say, you know what? If I'm alone with the man, I might want to do loosey-goosey things. So I'm not going to do that. Why? Because I'm going to go and sin no more. Because if Christ lives inside of me, I want to be more like Jesus because if I think Jesus is awesome, then I want to be like him. So I'm going to pursue wisdom. If I, if I walked in an al- alcoholic and I said yes to relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, I'm going to look at myself and I'm going to say, you know what? Maybe drinking isn't the best for me. Maybe the DUI I got shows me that, you know what? The flesh that that part of me that that really really struggles. Guess what? I'm not going to punish myself and say, well, it's water only for the rest of my life because Jason, you just suck. No, it's it's. I understand that I might. I might do things when I'm drinking that I, sh- I shouldn't do, and so I want to be more like Jesus, that Jesus is a proud dad, and I want to be a proud son, and I want to be better in that area. So I'm going to pursue wisdom and just not, not do it anymore because I want to be more like Jesus. But then what happens when the world looks at you like your label, like your sinful label that you want to throw on yourselves? What if, they're, what if the world, or you're sitting around a table like this, and all of a sudden the, the stakes get thrown, the spares get, you know, like, you know I mean, the party blows up because someone's like, well, you're just a good-for-nothing drunk label. You know what you can do? When all they see is your past, you can show them your future. <laughs> when all they see is your label, you scream child of the God. When all they see is condemnation, guess what you can do? And your best brave heart voice You can scream, freedom, freedom, freedom. Why? Because freedom abolishes condemnation, and it allows us to live freely. And here's the reason we've done this series. Here's the reason why some crazy church in New Jersey called the series F-bomb up in the middle of Christmas. Why? Know what motivated me? To ask you this one very serious question. If you're already forgiven, why haven't you forgiven yourself? Why aren't you living in forgiveness? Why are you still condemning a non-condemned person? Is that forgiveness? Is that condemnation? And I know that there are people in this room struggling with this. You know how I know this? Because I asked Facebook. And you all told me so. (laughs) Here's, here's some things, and I know there are people in this room that, have, that type some of this. I know there are some people that walked in here, and if you haven't physically said it, you've walked in here thinking that, oh, forgiveness is nice for other people, but Jason, you don't know what I've done. Because deep down inside, I'm a, I know how horrible I am. It's easy to project God forgiving others, but myself, it's not that simple, one person wrote. Somebody else wrote, because I have to live with myself every moment of every day. Another person simply said, oh, I just don't deserve it. Another person said, Well, it takes a lot of love and patience. Dealing with your own struggles takes time. It's easier to love someone else, but it's but to forgive and to forgive others. But when it comes to my own sin, all I am is unworthy. Self forgiveness is literally the hardest thing. I'll ever have to do. Have you lived in that space? Have you sat around the table and thought those things? You, you, you walked in here thinking, I don't deserve to sit around the table with Jesus. <laughs> what would that communicate to Jesus? <laughs> if you're sitting here thinking, Jesus, I don't I'm not I'm not worthy of that table. I died for you to sit at this table. Can I? get you to think about something, that if you're living in a spot of self-condemnation and self-hatred, can you consider this with me? That is a form of idol worship. You know why I say that? Because worship, when we worship God, we're ascribing Him worth we're saying God you died for me and your voice is the most important voice God your voice is the greatest voice God you you above everything else I'm ascribing you worth how can you ascribe God worth while condemning yourself and saying that your voice is more important than God's voice how can you ascribe him worth when he says you're forgiven you're not condemned when you say I, sh- I am condemned I shouldn't be forgiven when you start saying my voice is more important or another's voice when you allow another voice to speak louder into your life then God Almighty who's, whose voice is worth more may I say to you God's voice the God that through Paul said there is now now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus your worth is not a question it was settled at the cross you are of infinite worth because jesus christ lives up inside of you we have we have a guy here and i i'm had dinner with a family this week uh, that said they were part of the reason they were here is because when they walked in they met this guy named wheels and like i and they said to me at dinner they're like i think his name like wheels i was like yeah his name's wheels it's a it's a wicked crazy story. I've known this guy for years. And they're like, hey, this guy just believes something. He's different. He's like smiling and stuff. I'm like, yeah, it's the season. It's great. And, and, and they're like, and I was like, did you know, do y'all know what Wheels' name is? If you're in a family, you can't say it. You know what his name is? He's, his birth certificate doesn't actually say Wheels. His mom didn't actually hate him. His name is Robert. But can I tell you the story of Robert for a second? Robert was an addict. Robert lived a life that was crazy. I've heard the stories. <laughs> but then one day, he's in New York City. He got in an accident. He had to spend time a few days in jail. They call it the tombs. And when he got out, his wife took a phone book. Y'all remember phone books? Google came. And uh, and and she threw a phone book at him and said, you better get help. And he did. He went to a rehab. And then when he got back, they went to church, Bayside Chapel. In the first sermon, Wheels was just crying robert was just crying the whole time and he marched his wife up to the front at the end and said did she tell you i was coming because you just preached to me he's like no 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 and wheels in that moment said yes to jesus and started helping with the youth group and uh and what happened next was that the the youth pastor at the time said listen i'm driving the bus and i can't be with the kids as, as i'm driving the bus i need a wheel man." And Wheels said, I'll start driving the bus if you got his license. And the the youth pastor at the time, all the kids just started calling him Wheels. And now we have Wheels. (laughs) And he left Bayside and came with us here. And now he, he helps out by cleaning up. And you know him as Wheels. I'll be darned if I ever call him Robert. Because Wheels is his new name. There is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. To my buddy, Wheels, don't look at yourself as an addict. Realize your addict nature and continue to be addicted to Jesus. That's the title. Child of God. You need to forgive an already forgiven self because forgiveness is off the table when Jesus Christ settled it and you took it. Every other religion. When they when they when they offer when they when they say like what should you do? How can I accept forgiveness? They tell you to do, 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 do. There's only one religion in the world that a man entered into the equation and said, I am the forgiveness. I am the one. I am your perfection. I am your holiness. It is me. It is me. It is me. I am part of that equation. Accept me. Therefore you have holiness. You have perfection. I am yours. I am yours. I am yours. Now live a life where there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And so I invite the worship team to come up now and I want us to end by worshiping Jesus. For some of us, this will be a time to let His voice scream loudly in your life that, that freedom abolishes condemnation. Here is the time to say, I am going to let your voice speak louder than any other voice. Silence my voice. Silence the voice of the rest of the world. Silence it all. And silence me with your love. Let's worship a God worthy of such love. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to stay connected, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you would like to help us with our mission of igniting a craving for Jesus by relentlessly loving our community, you can find the link to give and all the other ways to connect with us down in the description box below.